0: Welcome to Energetic Radio, I'm your host Dale Sybottom. Join me each week as I bring you amazing guests and interviews from some of the world's best operators. They will teach us how to bring fun, energy and joy into each and every day. Let's get stuck in. episode number 88 of the podcast and today we are talking about grassroots coaching with Craig Gunn. Now for those who haven't heard of Gunny, he is an elite coach. Not only an elite coach but doing some amazing things with our up-and-coming juniors and also coaching coaches. All right and some of the words of wisdom and knowledge that he is going to share with us today is something that not only teachers should hear but parents, country coaches, senior coaches anybody that is involved in bringing up sort of quality of sportsmanship and just connection through sport is something that Gunny is absolutely dominating with. And I know just listening and chatting with him today, um, I've learned so much as well. So guys, sit back. This is Craig Gunn, the absolute superstar. A huge warm welcome to Craig Gun in sunny Brisbane. How are you, buddy?
1: Oh, very well, mate. It's warm up, so I can see.
0: It's, it's a lot warmer than where it is down in Melbourne for me, mate. Now, what have you just been up to today? You've just gone for a run, mate? It'd be sunny in 25?
1: <laughs> actually, it might even be a bit warmer. <laughs> oh. <laughs> good good grass growing weather, you know, take over from the weeds that uh, come in winter. Um, but yeah, that's it. Just just been keeping out of trouble
0: nice 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 and uh now so we've been introduced through our mutual friend shane pill um and we could nearly even call him the go-giver the connector because he's connected us up and for people who listen to my uh favorite ever book there the go-giver uh shane actually passed that on to you gunny
1: yeah no no he did you know it's funny because um i've got a lovely lovely uh you know uh email from him saying, you know, what's your address, mate, and all that kind of stuff. And I thought he was going to send me up because I've been doing a bit of rugby coaching and, and you know, stuff again. I thought it was going to be his Game Sense book. <laughs> you thought he was going to send you his own publication. Yeah, but no, it was that book. And, <laughs> and it was a lovely, lovely note that i still got, and um, and I passed it on in kind too because that's what um, he asked me to do. So when I was in Adelaide, I found someone who I thought was a go-giver and I, I handed it off. Oh,
0: mate, that's, uh, that is exactly what happened to me. Someone gave me that book, I uh, gave to Shane, and look at that, it's already going around. So I love that, guys. And this episode isn't about the Go Giver, but if you haven't read that book, it is seriously uh, two hours of your life that uh, you could really do with. Now, Gunny, talk us through your career so far, mate. Let's uh, give a little snapshot to where you are today.
1: Oh, yeah, look, um, well, I suppose, you know, primarily while well, my um, well, my kids are still in primary school, or the last one anyway, is about to uh, finish primary school, go to high school, so my wife and I, we decided that Dale, um, you know, one of us was always going to be at home, so we sort of took turns uh, with our careers and stuff. So, yeah, look, my my uh, profession as, as a teacher like yourself, um, phys ed, trained, trained, um, through that, of course, I, look, I probably preferred calling myself a coach. I was, I was a coach of kids. That's how I sort of um, dealt with, um, you know, the wonderful young people that I worked with. And um, I was fortunate enough to um, also get some, um, you know, tertiary work. I ended up being, um, you know, whilst I was a school teacher, um, you know, saving the nest egg sort of thing, um... Basically, you know, I was a lecturer in charge, for example, at Australian Catholic Uni up here in, in um, Brisbane for um, sports coaching. Two subjects there I sort of invented and in also, um, you know, postgrad physical education. Um, but all the while, as I said, I'm a sports coach. So, yeah, I've, I've coached 11 sports and um, I've just fallen into your game, actually, that they call the national game. I think I might have retired though. I've spent three years learning um, Australian football and I've loved it. So yeah, look, I I, you know coach senior men and um, senior women this year in the state league, but also um, the Queensland under 15s. But really, to be honest with you, I reckon I was I was coaching their their coaches through um, maybe alternative pedagogy that we might you know uh, tap into at some point. But that's it so far, mate. But look, I've, I've I've had a very eclectic you know, career uh, outside of that, for example. Many, many, many different jobs. I can remember, um, you know, the boys once uh, at at one of the schools that i taught at, you know, stopped counting when I (laughs) came to about my 30th job. But anyway, (laughs) you know, that kind of hard work sets you up, though, Uh, and that's that's why we're able to now, you know, sit back. But look, fingers crossed, uh, I've got an interview um, next week um, back into a high school a good rugby league school up here in Queensland, one of the better ones, uh, you know, just to finish the school year out. So a lot of while she's finishing her PhD, um, she'll be able to take over. So, yep, keen to get back out there and uh, feel real again
0: nice, as, mate. A, as a t- <laughs> I, I love that, mate, and I love that, uh, and this is what I wanted to get you on, because your knowledge and expertise in coaching is second to none, so not only for, you know, teachers out there that are coaching, because we are all coaches, but also for parents listening and also junior coaches, because I think there's just not enough training for them out there, so that's one of the main reasons I wanted to get you on. Now, some of those, you were talking about uh, the different courses that you've created. Do you want to explain a little bit more about those?
1: Oh, yeah, look... Uh... Well, obviously, I've worked at QUT now, Queensland University of Technology. There's this new craze at the moment. Um, I should be careful what I say, but uh, look, everyone's jumped on the ecological approach, the constraints-led approach, and um, you know, I could explain it a bit more, but I'm sure you know a bit about it. But um, you know, ask me later, and I can I can explain as best I can. But look. Um, what it really is, is um, an approach that um, I suppose a lot of teachers have been doing for a long time, but now they, they, they've they got some theory, hopefully to back it up. Um, but at the same time, that was all that we taught at uh, QUT. So when I had my chance of being the lecturer in charge um, at uh, ACU, I made sure that the students learned everything. So that's where I first came across um, Shane Pills' work, for example, so they learnt. They learned how to, um, you know, directly instruct. They learned game sense. They learned um, teaching games for understanding, um, sport education, uh, et etc. et cetera. So, yeah, I, I just wanted to make sure that they, that they actually knew a few of those things because, to be honest with you, and I used to have to go and see a lot of these young people out on prac, I only ever saw one of them ever um, brave enough to actually take on one of these alternative pedagogies um, from, their, from their learnings at uni and actually do it. And that was because, you know, even though I, I can remember the uh, supervising teacher teachers saying, look, yeah, he's got some interesting methods. I wouldn't teach that way, but, yeah, I'm just going with it. So he was a supportive person. So that's the really interesting space that I sort of uh, look at at the moment, like that they've got all these uh, methods, these approaches, but in Australian culture, especially, you know, phys ed teachers um, have to bow to, the ideas of the principle and and the culture that's already there. So lineups and you know drills and stuff are um, are what abound. bound. Um, yeah, and I can give you a bit of history behind where it all comes from, but um, I might just leave it there. But, that, but that's that's pretty much uh, my story. And look, I've got a masters of education. Um, I might finish my masters of research. Um, we'll see how it goes. But look, what what what's what on my masters of research anyway is. Um, something like you created, um, um, sort of you know, professional learning communities. Um, I and Shane, well, it was the only paper I've ever written that's been, you know, peer review. Um, he he um, coached me through a case study working with uh, junior Australian football coaches, and our last three sentences were all about and we borrowed from, I think, um, Kathleen Armour and a few of the English um, academics that social media potentially could be um, a big benefit of, um, you know, professional learning communities for sports coaches because the other stuff wasn't necessarily working despite me being there um, as a mentor for them. And and, uh, once again, a lot of it just comes down to, um, you know, culture that is already there, like, you know, the... um, the social and the political, you know, stuff that's already there. Um, when they um, when they get taught this stuff, um, it's sort of like a, It's a it's what's called a washout um, by the time they get to the field. Hope I made a bit of sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you,
0: you did, mate. You did. Not, I think. Uh... Because I know obviously with education and teaching these days that um, a lot of the professional development is done through Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Like it's huge. Um, One area though, and I um, I run a couple of sessions with my cousin where he's a a grassroots coach and um, there's just not much support for him. So is that sort of where you're going, that trying to create a network through social media to help out maybe coaches that don't have access to being
1: a teacher or the professional development they need? Yeah, look, um, because we wrote that, um, about, oh, like a month after, I thought I'd better join Facebook anyway. Um, (laughs) As you know, Dale, I'm not great with technology. You do well, uh, mate. (laughs) And I joined Twitter. I was already on LinkedIn. Um, I think that's the, yeah, they're the main three that I use. And so by the end of last year, so probably November 2017, I thought, right, I... Before I speak to Shane again, I'd better do something about what we said. So I started a little group. Um, maybe you'd like you might put a link or something. Yeah, yeah, go the, for it. The end of it. But it's called um, Grassroots Coaching and Consulting. So what it is is like there's a hell of a lot of – well, there, there's two main researchers on there, um, experts like Shane Pill. And also, um, I don't know if you've come across him on, on you know, Twitter. He's a big dog called um, – uh, Dr. Dick Bailey, um, from the International, you know, Coaching Council of Europe, I think it is. Um he's he's an, he's head of their research. So there's also Marco Sullivan, um, who does foot blog ball, I think it is. He's he's um you know, well he's a good researcher but he hasn't got his PhD yet. So there's people like that they can tap into, let alone you know amazing practitioners like um experts who've been around in phys ed for years and years and years and years and see uh, even like myself um people can throw stuff up there and and we you know, it's all free and we and we discuss it we've got uh, members from you know sweden and hawaii brazil uh you name it all kinds of different sports and i think that's one of the things that we forget uh as PE teachers potentially, especially those poor guys who are on their own uh, at schools, like, um, yeah, social media can really help uh, because it's a very lonely job if you're on your own, you know, out of school. Yeah,
0: it it, it is, mate, and and sorry to cut you off, but I I totally agree, and I, I think more and so in primary school settings where... You know, it's you might have two, three hundred students. It's just you, and you don't have those people to feed off. So, by having a supportive network like that, and not only people in your country, but you know, different nationalities, different opinions, different views, different sports, everything like that, mate. I'm sure some of the discussion in the group's pretty amazing,
1: is it? Oh yeah, look, you know, obviously, you know, sometimes we get uh, you know fifty or sixty. I think our record was a hundred. Um, you know, comments on different um, things, like. Um but, yeah, look, so, so going back to what you were saying earlier and why it's good for sports coaches, grassroots coaches, is because, you know, you and I know that uh, we've got an advantage as as teachers. Okay, so even if they're doing drills, PE teachers will, you know, at least be able to have the skills to share between, you know, one ball between two, for example. Most, you and I have been around Australian football where there's these big columns and uh, I even read something uh, from um, a book on Ron Barassi from 1978 where he had 15 in one line and 15 in the other. Now, that's just kind of behaviour management. Not sure where it really started and why, why it still, you know, uh, pervades everywhere around the Oval. So what, you know, when you go to a coach education thing, usually it'll just be on the technical and the tactical and all that kind of stuff. No one has shown them how to coach. Uh, for example when I did my level one and my level two at no point during those days in Australian football did we have to actually coach okay so um yeah that's part of the motivation
0: behind yeah, it you know? yeah, mate, I, I get that and, and it's it's really unfortunate because they try and I think it's because they try and cram so much information into those sessions there's inf- information overload and then you actually don't get the most important thing of all and, and that's actually coaching and do you like so is that why you've gone about and started doing you know, grassroots coaching and um i'll have links and we'll talk about your website but some of the stuff on there is amazing um the resources that you've got uh, the content in your blog is is that where that idea sort of
1: come from yeah look it all came from that um you know every little bit like i i got so passionate about it that i've kind of i've lost any real interest now in um you know teaching at universities like i, like I did that for almost ten years. Uh, but I could see that I wasn't, like, I wasn't having a lot of impact. Like people will say, right, oh, you know, he'll retired from teaching. Well, here's how we're giving back. We're getting ready for the next, uh, you know, group to go out there. Well, nothing changes because of the culture, okay? It all depends on who's already been there, who's the head of the department and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, e- exactly that. I've got a passion <laughs> to actually try and support these grassroots coaches because in the olden days... Um, when I was at school and all that kind of stuff we did one organized sport a year that was it at a club um, otherwise you played on the street um, or you had had teachers at school who would who would teach you like you know um, stuff so and because they've got the actual the art and the science which is you know pedagogy um, they can they can do a good job and it's it's tough for the volunteers very very tough and what what I don't know why, but basically what I try and always, um, I don't know, stress is that kids learn teachers, not subjects. One of my favourite principles. Um, that was his. That was his mandate for us as as a staff. Kids learn teachers, not subjects. So John Wooden, he was all about love first. If you don't have that, so what I'm talking about is you know Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Maslow can't be full bloom. So why on earth are we doing all this technical
0: stuff yeah. then? You know. And I, yeah, I, mate, I totally agree, and I think uh, how I break that down is, um, and I talk about this a lot, but it's all about you know building relationships, about that co- like connection before content. So I think too often we're worried about the structures, you know, the systems, and everything you put in place, but um, you don't even have those relationships with the students, all the or the the players, so they can trust you.
1: Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, um, you know, people call, say, for example, in Australian football up here because it's so foreign to them, my methods, you know, these these, these ecological sort of, you know, um, methods that I use, they call it gunny madness, right? <laughs> <laughs> Which is not. But, but, but basically, I, you know, the first 45 minutes, say with the Queensland under 15, so I came in for a half an hour first and then... Fifteen minutes. Um, the next session, I was just working on routines and the tempo, and to get the girls feeling safe and used to this foreign approach. Okay, just like a primary school teacher spends one whole week at the start, you know, getting the culture right and stuff like that. See, um, yeah, that's that's where we've we've lost our way with these volunteers. Um, I would I would dead set suggest that and I've said this on another um, in a podcast, basically the best coach I ever saw um, at one club that I had to work with, you know, he could actually be doing closed boring drills, you know, with lineups, but he loved the kids and the kids loved him, you know. Yeah. So they're going to learn heaps because of the relationship.
0: I think, I think that's so powerful. And, and I think what you're doing and what I've read from everything and followed you for a few months now, mate, is that, you know, the coaches just actually don't know how to do what we're saying. They don't have the skills. They don't have the knowledge. They do the level one and two course. I'm not bagging the level one or two course because I think it does a good job. But it doesn't teach them the fundamentals about, you know, getting that relationship, respect, trust from the start. So by going in and doing exactly what you're doing, mate, it's setting those girls up to succeed. And I'm sure that's what happened.
1: Oh, yeah, look, um, <laughs> if, 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 you know, uh, well, when I get, as, as you know, I'm working out the technology, but uh, there's no doubt about, say, say, the Queensland girls, um, you know, one of our KPIs was simply that at, at the National Championships in Adelaide Adelaide was that we were going to love each other more than everyone else, you know, and it certainly happened, you know, we were, and we called ourselves the Wolfpack, they got that from me, but I started from... <laughs> Hulk Hogan back in the 90s. But we, you know, like when I actually work out how to edit these videos more, like you'll see our little uh, war chants and all that kind of stuff. It was all for fun, you know, to relax the bills. They were all from rugby league backgrounds, for example, about to play against Victorians. Beat Victoria too, by the way. We did. Um, and, And we were about to, you know, play against Western Australia, for example. We were nervous. Um, so, you know, you sing a song beforehand and we were up 7-0 at, at the first quarter break, but they were just better than us in the air, you know. But that's all due to, you know, relationships. Um, that's how we're often to
0: do it. I, I, yes, mate, I, I love that. And I, I think, again, I, that, meant, that model should work everywhere, in the workplace, in schools, in coaching, uh, because the motivational side of things when people respect and love
1: each other is, insane <laughs> i know i know I, I i can remember i was asked uh you know that 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 question um that exact question i had the same response um with with the um abc like i just said you know I oh, know it, it's a no-brainer but basically no one seems to be pushing that so and and when we i've got a lot of passion too from it was uh, the 2017 ASHBA, that's the Australian Council of Health and Phys Ed and uh, Recreation International Conference. There were these great old PE teachers, like you know, Dr. Dick Telford, who was the very first sports scientist at the AIS, and um, a mentor of mine called John, you know, John Saunders. Now these blokes are about to retire, and they were just standing around, and I, and you know, I had had a couple of beers, you know, just listening to them talking passionately, just saying, right, I okay, um, it's time for us to give back because we've gone away from teaching, okay? It's, it's all, and, and we are to blame. Some of us are to blame. It's our science. But, you know, let's go back to showing them how to teach. And, you know, John Wooden, he was a teacher, but, you know, when, um, when any, anyone ever asked him what's the number one job of a coach, it is to teach. And the only way you and I know... To get anyone learning anything is to first feel safe. Again, Maslow before Bloom.
0: Yeah, it's so true. And not only that feel safe, but have fun. If you can make uh, painting the house fun, people are going to want to do it. And it's exactly the same as any sort of sports coaching so would you say that uh, the the two guys dick telford and i forgot the second one but are they some of the best mentors you've had have you had other ones along the way that you have have molded the type of coach and person you are now gunny I
1: oh, see it's an interesting story i don't mind talking about it um but look you know a fairly torrid upbringing so i would have suffered all of the main abuses and stuff like that um my my father was the youngest battery sergeant major in the Australian Army ever, and you know um, tortured by the Vietnam War, two tours, etc. So basically, I you know the way I describe it is drills worked for me, okay. But basically, I was never going to teach that way ever. So that that experience is one of the reasons why I actually um, do this, uh, my methods, etc. But having said that, yes, it was. Um, mentors, coaches, and teachers who pretty much saved my life—I would suggest—but how I describe it is the glue that held it all together with sport. Okay, that's why I'm so passionate about it. And you know, look, there are there are towns in the UK right now that you know there's a there's an organisation. You need to get a guy called Russell Smith from you know you know Street Games on here, mate, from the UK. Okay. Uh,
0: yeah,
1: mate. You know. They're all about, for example, and, and hopefully something like this will start eventually in Australia, um, they're all about getting the police and, and, you know, stuff back to doing what they used to do, like, you know, coaching and teaching and playing with the young people. You know, some of these towns, um, crime rates drop by 40%. Wow. You
0: know,
1: so, you know, that's the power of sport. But, you know, we're, we're kind of losing our way, you know. Sport Australia, for example, I've got a PD at the pub coming up with a guy called Kelvin Joles, who's a... He's a big name. Actually, he was the first coach at the AIS, Kelvin Jones. And I asked him about <laughs> I asked him about Sport Australia. I won't tell you what he said. But, but <laughs> either way, but either way um, he, you know, he is at that stage. He's just passionate about young people and how we're getting it wrong. And, and you know, um, yeah, he's going throw a few arguments out there. But, again, it's for the parents to think about the idea that, right, you know, they're overscheduled anyway. How about we how about you just get out the backyard and reconnect with them, you know? And then we'll think about the organized club sports and all that kind of stuff. Like it's, I say,
0: Yeah, I, I think I think it's fascinating. I spoke a little bit, I'll speak about this a bit, but do you think that's a reason why uh, there is a drop in junior sport because of online gaming? Because it makes kids feel safe. They don't feel pressured or threatened.
1: One hundred percent. Yeah. That is- exactly the reason mate i i show a slide at a lot of my presentations at clubs and stuff where there's these four gamers just enthralled and pumped up and they got their headphones in and you know you just see like through the body language just how into the game they are how how connected and i asked them well what's missing and hardly anyone picks it up that there's no adults around you know like um so there's a few things there with, with computer gaming and stuff. Like, um, one, they get to, you know, create. Two, they, you know, get, not, like, there's no drills and all that kind of stuff. Well, maybe there is. I don't know enough about it. But they can make mistakes and, and do all that stuff. They don't have people yelling at them. They are connected. You know, look, it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful system. And, and I believe that, you know, Shane Pill, for example, um, you know, he wrote something on it three or four years ago and well, I think one of his, even his students, is, is doing something. I mean, we, and I said this on the ABC radio, we've got to learn from, from them because, quite frankly, the, you know, young people are voting with their feet and their eyes. You know, at 14, um, and a lot of sports don't recognise this, like um, Australian football, for example, what's keeping them going at the moment is the rise of women. But the dropout, you know, by the time... Um, you know those guys that start, those boys who started at um, kick and who go through to senior footy nowadays. That means 18 years of age. Two percent, two percent are left.
0: Wow, yeah. is, is that is that is that serious? So all the way through the juniors until they get up to under 18s, there is two percent that actually go on and
1: play senior footy. Well, that's. I, I ran a summit at Australian Catholic Uni, where I used to work, and I got six of the top sports together, where we just, you know, um, talked about this stuff. And that's what that's what Shane Pill said. He was invited to a, a think tank uh, at AFL House with Ian Renshaw from up here, for example, QUT. Um, you know, over a, like a rethink of kick and that was that was the official um, AFL stats: two percent or oh, less. Wow! <laughs> so that's
0: that's alarming, guys. Like, and. Uh... Do you know, I talk about this a lot and I do a lot of workshops on gamification and things like that is that the game mechanics and what the gamers are doing, they're doing it so much better than, than organised sport does than what we do educating our coaches that, that they feel safe, they know they're safe, they, they get challenged and they're, they're having an absolute ball whereas that, that's stats alarming, isn't it? 2% mate. Well, yeah, and
1: it is and, and look... You know, again, at my meeting with AFL House, with, with, you know, top people, great people who I won't name now, but um, but who will try to address this, it was said to my face that, you know, the number one reason why they leave, and Australian, you know, stats can back this up, Australian football is coaching. Okay, so... um, And if you look at any of Amanda Bissick's work, okay, so, you know, that's the fun maps. Um, Basically... For American kids too, you know, it was in the top three. Um, the reasons why you know kids have fun is if we have a, if you have a good coach. That doesn't mean all the technical stuff, but they know how to coach. Um, so yeah, look, it is alarming. Um, I just don't think. Look, I, I the way I described it when I when I hosted this summit to the to the six big sports, I just said I feel we're on the bloody you know um, summit pretty much about to about to fall. Um, that's how important it is and jeez mate if I was a kid and seeing some of the stuff that I see as I walk around like one tackle bag and you know 15 girls lined up yeah. um,
0: it's, you know it's, it's alarming mate and I think one of the first things that should be taught to coaches is that if you have a line you're failing because what in what game do people line up and wait there's, there's nothing like that there's no witches hats but for some reason we train differently than what we play
1: you know, look. I can remember I got uh, when I did my level one anyway, because I, I was doing my daughter's under eleven uh, team, and I swore I'd never coach my kids, but no one else wanted to, <laughs> as the old PE teacher does, try and, try and you know hang around in the background. So, so they said, "Listen, can you can you present to us on game sense?" And I'd already done something for AFLQ. Um, I just I just made you know my focus was on game centered approaches. But these guys want a game sense, and I just stuck my two arms in front of me at the start of it, uh, you know, parallel, and I just said, "How come you guys in Australian football are getting your players ready for rugby league?" And there's 80 faces out there looking, you know, dumbfounded. What is what's he on about? But that's what it always is, you know. It just seems like there's these there's these two lineups, for example, like if even even the elite, you know, and. And what I, what I try and say all the time is, you know, isn't Australian football a 360-degree game? <laughs> it's, it's Well, that's, that's
0: the thing. It's supposed to be, mate. But even, like, even other sports, soccer, cricket, mate, there's so many games, you know, softball, baseball, netball, where students, kids are waiting, even adults, you know. I go along and run some guest training sessions and, like, they're just alarming at having cones and having these lines and, you know, get a ball between two, get everyone doing something. You know, the more touches you can get, the better. But for some reason, that's not hitting home great.
1: No, and, you know, um, I've, I've just got myself some... Um, I've got to work out how to do it now. Some, some software, right, where, where, you know, coaches... Look, it's supposed to be for teams, you know. Teams will upload their, you know, you know stuff and you'll ask questions of players. But I thought this would be ideal for um, coaches. Now... Look, the research is very, 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 very adamantly supporting the idea that coaches do not have any clue about what they are actually really doing. So the first thing I would do is I would just say, don't film the kids, film yourself, okay, and make sure you watch it. I mean, when the head of Queensland AFL up here coaching, Jack Barry, asked me about, you know, Coach AFL going online, I said, look, that's a great idea because those those face-to-face things don't work anyway these these guys have got an opportunity to do it at home in their own time what you though do need is some form of idea of you know supporting them further there but okay he said what's the number one no-brainer to actually improve a coach and I just said okay get them to film themselves not the kids and then make sure they watch it I reckon there's, there's there's actual footage from, you know, sorry, um, you know, research from England, like from uh, Chris Cushion, and I think it's, I can't remember the first name, Part, Partington, I think it is, where pretty much for three years, this is coaches in all different contexts, so elite down through the juniors. They firstly couldn't actually, um, they all thought they were doing good things, but they weren't, just like PE teachers in Queensland, I might add. Um, and... All they did was, you know, twice a year, for three years, they actually um, made sure that they watched it. They didn't tell them what was good or bad. They just asked questions like, are you happy with that? That's it. That's
0: that's, my other... Do you know what it's? It's very simple, but sometimes the best ideas are the best. Um, like they work. The basic ideas just seem to get the best results, and so it sort of leads on where I wanted to go there, Gunny. I wanted to see if you just give me three tips for coaches. And obviously, number one, be film yourself. Have you got two other tips that if coaches were listening, teachers, parents, anybody could action straight away to get better results with what they're doing?
1: Oh well, look. The other one. So and and again, it goes down to. The, they've got to be aware of what they're doing so that's the first one so but then they've got to think about their behavior okay so you know you and i know when we started PE teaching it was tough anyway so like um a a lot of the you know planning was done but then it was down to behavioral management so you know and, and and we learned that as we went and all that kind of stuff but you know, what we really need is for the coaches, okay, like you're doing this drill and all that kind of stuff and, you know, these are the reasons, but how are you going to do it? You know, write down exactly how you're going to do it. Um, in England, they, they you know, uh, had this idea of um, modelling, which I don't necessarily agree with. For someone as experienced as myself or yourself, we can actually pick stuff up on the run. But for a novice coach, that stuff is very important. So they're going to spend more time... In their planning, okay? And the final one would be, um, you know, because, again, we've got to talk about the idea that, um, you know, relationships rule. So rather than, and I got this from uh, reinforced again uh, because I was always good with parents, but um, there's a guy over in England called Non-Perfect Dad who's worth following and he's just trying to tell everyone, you know, don't blame the parents, you know what I mean? Like you've got to actually bring them in, and they're part of the journey. So you know, we learned at university that you know, mm. when you're at school, going to car or whatever, make sure you got a smile on your face. And if you see a parent, you know, interact positively, even if you don't know them, because you got stuff up your sleeve. So they would be the uh, top three. And again, all of those are focused on coach behaviour.
0: Mm. I, I, I did notice that and I really liked that. And there's, I, I think people underestimate the, uh, I call it getting in early. And I did a podcast on this recently about when you walk past somebody, say hello to them before they say hello to you. And it's exactly the same with parents. And sometimes you just need a big smile. Um, it's amazing what that can do, Gunny.
1: Well, you know, again, we know this at uni that, you know, teaching is an act. And this is fucking people. Well, it's a performance. You know what I mean? Like you gotta, you know, the the uh, your your uh, you know title of, of your you know, podcast very apt because that's what you gotta do. Like in America, they call it "Bring the Juice." You know, <laughs> you know, like I um, was so, so you know, I can remember going to classes when I was a house dean or whatever. You know, and you're just dealing with certain things, and you know, sometimes I'll be biting on a pencil to make sure I smile because it's important. You know, it's, it sets the tone. You Definitely. know. The, yeah, so I, mean, I agree wholeheartedly and I'm going to have to listen to that one, mate, um, because yeah, that's, again, you know, this is where the school teachers have an advantage. Actually, one more thing, you know, 3.5 or A or whatever yeah. that I would win there for um, a novice coach is go and watch a primary school PE teacher if you can. Oh,
0: that now that is something uh, that I think is underrated because... Um, the skills of a primary school PE teacher when you've got... You might have five-hour lessons for the day. They're all different, all different ages, and you're dealing with up to 30 kids in a class. That is a great example there, Gunny.
1: Well, I, I would suggest they're about 25 times as good as us low I was a senior PE <laughs> teacher. <laughs> Mate, they are that good. You know what I mean? Like, um, uh, and, and, and that's where I do encourage, because they've got those skills well, they can go a bit more chaos, you know what I mean? Because they're able to control the chaos, um, you know, even with those little kids. But, yeah, look, there's so much power in watching a primary school PE teacher, like, just how they get. Look, heaps of the aha moments, you know, even if I'm working with good coaches, and one, for example, that always comes to mind is where, you know, one great coach, he lost these eight-year-olds, and, and he, he turned to me and he said, can I get some help now? So I just blew my whistle long and hard and I popped down on one knee, had my head down and didn't look up. And by the time I put my head up, you know, half of them, probably over half were already there because you and I know kids are like sheep. But <laughs> this is the stuff that you don't learn in your, uh, you know, coaching courses. And I, I would love if, if Sport Australia actually thought about this, but, yeah, that's, that's a fight for another day. It is, mate. And, uh,
0: that's what I mean. That's why I love your blog, you know, and I'll have a link there, www.craiggun.org. Um, what else can we find on your blog? Because I'm sure people are listening along, particularly parents, coaches, teachers that are like, I need some of these ideas. These are the simple ones that aren't in the manuals.
1: Oh, well, look, you know, there's um, links to my YouTube videos. I've only got four of them, but it's actually fair income teaching, you know what I mean? Like I, I, get people from overseas, you know, you know, professors from Ireland and stuff, saying, "Gunny, can I use that for my, um, for, for my PE teachers? That is whatever they call it, uh, whatever acronym, 101." There, okay, great, yeah, no, that's that's wonderful. So they will certainly get that type of stuff, and and also, you know, um, look, I'm one of the few people, as I, I think I've said to you, uh, who you know focuses just on connection. So Whatever you read in, in, your, uh, in the blogs, etc, it'll be more on that, you know. So, uh, work in progress dot that, all. That, you know, but I'm getting better, mate.
0: Mate, it's, do you know what? For, for someone that's starting out, it took me a long time to get my websites up and running. And what yours does have, that a lot don't, is good content. Um, so, uh, at the end of the day, it could be the best website in the world, but it'd be cool, full of junk. No one would want to know, whereas yours is a nice website, mate, easy to use, and the content in there is perfect, mate. It practices exactly what you preach, um, and there's real-life examples. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing that space grow, your YouTube channel grow, and everything else you're doing, mate. Now, I've just got one more for you, and I'd like to ask all my guesses. Um, if you could go back to 18-year-old Craig when you were just... Uh, walking on the beach in Brisbane, shredded ripped with a six-pack. What would one bit of advice you would give yourself with all your work, all your knowledge that you have now, mate? What would that one bit of advice be to yourself as an eighteen-year-old?
1: Jeez, that's a good question, mate. Um,
0: and again, I didn't uh, give him any warning, listeners. So this is real, just prompt on the spot sort of setup.
1: Well, mate, I, look. To be honest with you, I probably worked myself into the ground like at that age. Um, you know, too many jobs and I bought a house at 20 and all that kind of stuff. So what I would suggest is, you know, just be patient and, you know, live live for the, uh, you know, I suppose, you know, learn a little bit from the Buddhists. <laughs> Try and be a bit more uh, mindful of what's actually going on right there, right now.
0: So be, be a little bit more present in the actual now and not worried about the
1: future. Is that what you're going with? Yes. Yes, exactly right. Don't get me wrong, it's why... You know, my wife and I um, have the opportunity to have me at home, uh, you know, working on little side projects uh, with great people like yourself. But, um, yeah, look, I would suggest that, yep, just be patient and be present and enjoy it. I think that's great advice, mate, and particularly, I talk about heaps,
0: but... With all the distractions going on today, the technology, the social medias and things like that, um, you are so easily accessible these days that being present, mindful and not worrying about outside distractions is really hard. So that's great advice, mate. Now, um, obviously, I will have links to uh, your amazing blog, which I would highly recommend going and checking out. Um, I'll put a link to the Facebook page as well. Uh, where else can we find you? said LinkedIn, uh, Twitter?
1: Yeah, look, um, on, on LinkedIn, for example, you'll find Rather than the YouTube, all of the raw footage. So you know, I get European coaches all the time. There's a there was there was a guy who played for Norway and a guy who you know coaches in the Netherlands, um, in the you know top grade. He was the um, Arsenal um, academy coach, etc. As well. Um, you know, just wanted to meet me. So look, what I've got as raw footage is obviously very well. uh received so that's what they will see and I'm more than happy like if 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 people join the grassroots coaching and consulting group as I say it's all free all free just get in there and uh, learn learn together because Jeez, mate, we're still learning so much, mate. I
0: I love that. And I think that's one of the best things about social media is that you can create forums where people don't feel threatened and they can ask questions and give feedback and you have actual experts like yourself and Shane and others in that group, mate. So I'd highly recommend going to the show notes and checking that out. But Gunny, what's on in the future, mate? Uh, I hear a podcast is uh, brewing. Yes. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you.
1: (laughs) Throwing under the bus. Um, I'm going to probably upset uh, Shane pill here, but I call him, you call him um, a go-giver, I call him the mechanism. Stuff. So this is where, you know, direct teaching actually works for me. Someone tells me to do something, it'll happen. So that was his idea. So I, I actually, you know, um, watched your, webca- your, your webcast um, the other day. And uh, so I've got the 10 steps. So, yeah, look, that's going to happen. It will happen. Good, mate. Good. I-, I love that. And
0: I've only brought it up because I'm a big believer in accountability. And uh, you say something, you've got to do it now, mate. It's uh, it's going to be out in the stratosphere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, so that's coming up. But apart from that, look, I've you know, I put on these PDs, some I paid for. But I, you know, try and do one for free, like getting the great Kelvin Joels on the 30th of September um, at... Uh, a pub, it's you know called PD at the pub, and again that was a Shane Pill idea. PD at the pub, I did one in Adelaide. Um, it's uh, on the 13th of September between six and seven thirty. So you got um, Kelvin Giles, an absolute guru, coached um, Australia and Great Britain in track and field. Uh, coach of the AIS was the Broncos' first performance, you know, coordinator, etc. He'll be there for free. Myself and also the head of exercise science here in. Um, Brisbane and ACU, her pepping, whose research is all on love. Can you believe that?
0: Oh, is it, mate? I'll have to get her uh, contact off you. I, I've done a lot on happiness, gratitude, play, and love. I want that's something that I really want to explore, mate. I do. You, I'm gonna have to get that off you at the end,
1: buddy. Well, mate, look, yeah, it, it, um, it, her It's actually, um, he, he's a big, tall, um, curly-haired, you know, Dutchman. But by the same token, mate, uh, yeah, no, he's. His research is on, you know, like it's like that stuff that went through the NBA. You know, the you know teams that high fived each other the most were the most successful and all that kind of stuff. So his is all about that. You know, we are animals in the end. Um, so yeah, he'd be a great person to listen to. Shane loves charm too, made an odd, and I, I know, he's is a big hearted person. So yeah, I'll give you those details. But yeah, so but we'll be all there for free. But there's a um, a great service. It's not a charity, a service in uh queensland called heart of australia um so basically i have sponsors giving to them and what they do is they drive these big semi-trailers out into western um queensland fitted up like um, a cardiology lab and so for all of the you know people out west there um that's who's benefiting from pd at the pub
0: mate i, I love that and uh Definitely go along. And if you are interested in that, uh, connect with Gunny on any of the socials or through his website. Gunny, thanks so much for your time today, mate. I uh, hope you're not going to go outside and get sunburnt now, mate, in lovely, warm Brisbane. <laughs> i still sweating. I'm still... <laughs> rub it in, mate, rub it in. Thanks for your time, legend. Thank you. <laughs>
1: Wonderful.